Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. I'm bringing you a message today of hope and of encouragement. I pray it will bring you great joy and gladness. It certainly has to me. I'm telling you one of the biggest temptations of this day is to believe you've missed God. You have a direct word from heaven. You have scripture to back it up. And then that voice, that age-old voice comes and says, Has God said... Let me tell you something. When you hear that lying voice, you can rejoice. Just put your foot down and say, it is written. And speak the promises of God. I was reading a story yesterday that was really exciting to me. It was a Korean PhD. Are you ready for this? He has a PhD in laughter. True story. And he ministers especially to people that have been challenged with the disease we call cancer. And at the end of every phone conversation, listen to me, I did this yesterday at works. He has them fake laugh for 90 seconds. Why? When you laugh, even if it's a fake laugh, your brain is incapable of telling whether it's a fake laugh or a real laugh. It causes those endorphins to be secreted. It increases your immune system. It releases tension in your body. There is a whole list. And it takes a full 90 seconds for your brain to activate all of those things and more. And so I sat there and I fake laughed for 90 seconds. If you think it's easy, it's not. It's not. I want you to do it. And you feel like a dope. But do it. It works. If you want your sad days to be gone, and that's what I'm talking to you about today, spend some time every day fake laughing. And so when he has uh, sessions with these people that are fighting cancer, at the very end, he says, now we're going to fake laugh for 90 seconds. And they do it. And he said he's seen healings. So I'm just telling you, activate your immune system. Activate those endorphins. Release tension from your body and fake laugh. And you know, if we did it as a group, don't worry, we're not going to do that right now. <laughs> but if you did it as a group, you would, it would be so contagious, you would be real laughing. Way back in the day, we were on Bandera. Some of you were there, Pam was there, Cindy was there. And I don't, when I was speaking, I don't know what hit me. Something hit me. I was talking about some ex-family member. I mean, only ex because they, never mind. And so, and I started laughing hysterically. I couldn't stop. And it was, I mean, I was doubled over laughing. And I'm telling you, I've never felt so good in my life. So try it. 
So for, for months and months and months now, the Lord has been speaking to me about a woman in the Bible, because we're talking about powerful women in the Bible and how to become one. And I knew that today I would be sharing to you, with you about Hannah. And so we're just going to read the story. It reads like a, a storybook story, and I like it so much. And then we're going to go over a few points. I'm going to give you some dynamic, living, powerful, able to cut asunder your soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and discern the thoughts and intentions of your heart. I'm going to give you some scriptures. And for those of you who will believe and receive this, it's going to be yours. But if you're a doubter and you sit there and go, well, that doesn't belong to me. Well, you just said it. And so it doesn't. But I'm taking it. So let's read the story of Hannah. It's found in 1 Samuel 1, 1 through 20. There was a certain man of the hill country of Ephraim named Elkanah. He had two wives, because in those days that was okay. He had two wives, and one was named Hannah, and the other was named Penina. Penina had children, Hannah had none. The man went up from his city each year to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh. And when the day came that Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions of his sacrificial meat to Penina, his wife, and all her sons and her daughters. But to, the, to Hannah... He would give a double portion. If you were here last week, we talked about double for your trouble. If you weren't, go back and access it. I'm seeing it happen in my own life. So he gave Hannah a double portion. Because he loved Hannah, but the Lord had given her no children. Hannah's rival, Penina, provoked her bitterly to irritate and embarrass her. Because the Lord had left her childless. And so it happened year after year. Whenever she went up to the house of the Lord, Penina provoked her and Hannah wept and would not eat. Don't you dislike mean girls? I remember, I have three daughters, and I remember when they were growing up in mean girls. And my, my children, I can honestly say, are not mean girls. But when, when girls at school would be mean to them, I would come home. And I'd sit before the Lord, being the godly, powerful woman that I am, and I would say, God, I hate them. Come on. Don't tell me you've never felt that way when someone's mean to your child. And so Hannah was, she was a mean girl. And then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you cry? Why do you not eat? Why are you sad and discontent? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Don't you feel the slap anointing? I was telling Randy something the other day. I, it really was bothering me. I know it was on Saturday. I know why now because I cried all day. Did not have any idea why. I cried all day and I started coming up with the most ridiculous things. I just started, I was talking to one of my daughters and she said, why are you crying? And I said, because I'm just a burden to everybody. Now that's just stupid. There is one thing I'm not and that's a burden. I can tell you that right now. But I just had all these, and I found out the next day why, because I was in intercession for someone that, that I dearly love, not a family member. And, but I, it just hit me. I mean, it just really, really hit me. And then the second thing that hit me was today's message is about sadness leaving. Every word of God is tested, every word. And so Elkanah, well, first of all, I was trying to tell Randy, and, and I said, Randy, I don't want a solution. I'm just going to tell you how I was feeling. I started telling him how I was feeling, and uh, he gave me about 30 seconds, and then he started giving me solutions. 
And I just stopped and looked at him, and he shook his head. He goes, you didn't want a solution? No. No, I just wanted to talk. Women, you understand, right? Verse 9, so Hannah got up after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on his seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. And Hannah was greatly distressed. She prayed to the Lord. She wept in anguish. I've been there, haven't you? She made a vow saying, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look upon the affliction and suffering of your maidservant and remember and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, I will give him to you all the days of his life and a razor shall not touch his head. So this was called the vow of the Nazarites. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord. Eli was watching her mouth, and Hannah was speaking in her mind only. Her lips were moving, and her voice was not heard, so Eli thought she was drunk. And Eli said to her, how long will you make yourself drunk? Get rid of your wine. And Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I'm a woman with a despairing spirit. I have not been drinking wine or any intoxicating drink, but I've poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your maidservant as a wicked and worthless woman, for I've spoken until now out of my great concern and bitter provocation. And then Eli answered and said, and listen to what he said, go in peace, that Hebrew word is shalom, which means wholeness, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant your petition that you have asked of him. Hannah said, let your maidservant find grace and favor in your sight. So the woman went on her way and ate and her face was no longer sad. And the family got up early the next morning, worshiped before the Lord, returned to their home in Ramah and Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her prayer. You, you all know what that means, right? Okay, just being sure. And it came about in due time after Hannah had conceived that she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel saying, because I have asked him from the Lord. So let me give you a few points about Hannah. How do you get to the pet place where your face is no longer sad? Number one, Hannah means grace or favor. It means God has favored me. And although she was barren, her husband still gave her a double portion. But she couldn't receive it because she had a shame filter. You see, the shame message says that there's something wrong with me. I'm not enough. And God won't make me enough. And so I have to do something to make myself enough. And what that means is you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil instead of from Jesus, the tree of life. And so Hannah could not receive the double portion because she was so ashamed that the Lord had given her no son. The enemy, let's look at verse 8 again. No, verse 7. So Penina provoked her. Constantly provoked her. He, she mocked her. She made fun of her. The enemy will always mock you when you're asking of the Lord, when you're standing on his word, when you're receiving a promise and it hasn't happened yet. He's a mocker. You know what we should do when he's mocking us? Ha, 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 Give yourself a 90-second laugh. 
I was driving in the car yesterday. <laughs> I am sure I looked as dumb as people that wear a mask when they're driving and they're alone in the car. Sorry, I have yet to figure that one out. Cannot figure that out. If you have, just let me know. But the enemy will always mock you. And when, and when Elkanah gave her a double portion, and when Elkanah said, am I not better to you than ten sons, in her heart that was mocking her. That was not the solution she wanted. And through shame, through shame, she went to the temple and prayed and poured out her bitter provocation to the Lord. And then the high priest of the house, Eli, mocked her and told her she was drunk. It was coming from all sides. But you know what? Hannah stood up to that mocking spirit finally. And she said, no, don't regard me as a wicked woman. That's what we need to do. We need to stand up, stomp our foot, and say no to what is mocking us. Do not allow it. That's why in summer Bible study, we're not going to allow the things that have mocked us, that have mocked the promises of God, that have shamed us and made fun of us and told us we're fools and we're stupid and we can't hear God. We will not be mocked. Amen. You better say amen. Now, did Eli say, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. Hey, look, thus saith the Lord, you're going to have a baby. He didn't say that, did he? He just spoke. We just sang the blessing. He just spoke a blessing. He just simply said, go in peace and may the Lord grant your petition that you've asked of him. He didn't know what her petition was. He just spoke a blessing upon her. But you know what I really love about this is he said, go in peace, go in shalom. Shalom means wholeness. It means nothing broken, nothing missing. It means rescue, deliverance, health, well-being. In speaking the blessing upon her, she conceived at that moment, although she wasn't pregnant. Do you realize that she got up, she went her way, and her faith, her face was no longer sad. Why? Because faith came. And she just believed that her barren days were over. Just like Bartimaeus threw off his beggar's garment because he knew he wasn't going to be blind anymore. Just like the ten lepers, oh, go your way, go show yourself to the priest. They were still covered with leprosy. The Bible says, and as they went, listen, when you get, listen carefully to me. When you get a promise from God, receiving it means you act like it's already happened, even though the symptoms are still there. Even though the bank account is not Filled, even though the loan has not been paid off, even though the job has not come yet, even though the wayward children are not obeying the Lord yet, treat them as if they are. Amen. Treat them as delivered children. Even though those relationships aren't restored, act like it. What did she do? She went her way. Her face was no longer sad. She was able to eat again. How about you? I don't know about you, but when, I, when something's hurting me, I don't want to eat. I hear about stress eaters. I don't know what that is. I am a stress depraver. I don't want to eat. But she ate. And you know what else she did? She acted on it by allowing her husband to know her. 
She acted like she had already received a child, and she acted on it. And of course, in due season, she named him Samuel, because I have asked him of the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, one of the biggest keys to receiving your promise is that you persist and that you act like it's already yours. And I'm telling you, I have done it, I've done it, I've done it, I've done it. I don't have to beg. I have testimonies I could tell you that you would know, I've done this. Where I felt like my world was crashing. I felt like every promise of God was not for me. But I'm telling you, there was a commercial, I don't remember who, what the commercial or what they were advertising, but maybe some of you remember, and it was don't let them see you sweat. Anybody remember what that was? But it was don't let them see you sweat. And that's just how I acted. I'm not going to let the devil see me sweat. I won't do it. I'm not going to give him my power. Nothing in Hannah's circumstances had changed, but she changed. She went her way. Her face was no longer set. She acted like a woman that was getting ready to conceive the promise, and she did. And, of course, you all know, I'm sure, the story of Samuel. This is where we are right now. I just read a word yesterday. Your birthing is leading to the manifestation of your promise. I think it was Lana. No, this was actually last week. And the Lord spoke to me, and he says, this is your Psalm 126 season. I'm going to read Psalm 126 to you. You got to come boldly to the throne of grace and do it like in John 2, 5. Mary said, whatever he says to you, do it. And they did. And he saved the best wine until now. He saved, I learned that from Rick. When he preached that sermon, I, don't, I guess you can still access it online. It was called The Power of Now. One of the best messages I've ever heard because God was giving me all these scriptures about now. And, I, and when he said it, I did what everybody else did. He saved the best wine till last because that's what religion taught me. You check out the word for yourself and see what it says. That's not what it says. It says he saved the best wine till now. And God has saved the best wine till now for you. Psalm 126, when the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion, we were like those who dream it seems so unreal. And then our mouths are filled with laughter. Our tongues with singing. And we said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Turn to freedom our captivity, O Lord, and restore us as streams in the south. And those who sow in tears will reap in joy and singing. He who goes forth bearing seed and weeping and needing his precious supply of grain for sowing will without doubt come again, bringing his sheaves with him. One of the translations says he'll come with armloads of blessings. I love this psalm. It is the living word of God. Those of you who have sown for years and you're tired and you're weary and you've sown in tears, get ready. You're going to reap in joy. Start acting like it. Do the 90 minutes of laughter. Do our 90 seconds. Oh, Lord Jesus, don't tell me 90 minutes. <laughs> no, no, maybe it would be better to do 90 minutes, right? You know what it'll do? It's going to exhaust you. I know you're going, not 90 minutes, that's nothing. Do it. You tell me it's nothing. I was asking a, a friend of mine, he's a chiropractor, and, and um, I was told that Japanese women never have 
or most of them never have any hip issues as they get older because of the way they squat to sit. Now, I know some of you could do it. I'm not going to ask you to, you know, but it's the kind of squat a toddler does where, you know, your knees are properly bent and your butt's touching the ground. And so I was asking him, God bless you, if that was true. And he said, well, you have to understand that the whole anatomy of Asian women, because for generations they worked in the rice field, lends itself to that kind of squat. And so he was showing me, you know, some other, some other things and some other techniques. But then he said this, to be effective and to activate what you're going for, you have to hold it for two minutes. So laugh, fake laugh for 90 seconds. Activate certain exercises for two minutes. What is that saying to us? The natural is teaching us something in the supernatural. Don't give up. Persist. Be like the woman in Luke 18. Don't stop. Keep it up. Keep it up. Oh, but I said, I pulled a scripture this morning, Sandy, out of the promise box. I said it. Nothing happened. That's right. Nothing happened. Because it was rote. Be on purpose, people. Be on purpose, people. Do it on purpose. I love my mornings with Jesus. Love my mornings with Jesus. I mean, I am on purpose there with him. I am on purpose speaking his word. I am on purpose seeking the scripture. I am on purpose talking to him. I'm on purpose applying the blood of Jesus. I'm on purpose drinking my coffee. I'm having a good time. On purpose. Be on purpose, people. We are in Psalm 126 right now. Act like the word is so and do it. Mark 5.34 in the message. This is the woman that was healed with the issue of blood. I'm going to read to you several, several. The, the message, of course, is a paraphrase. But then I'm going to read to you translations. The message. Jesus said to her daughter, you took a risk of faith and now you're healed and whole. Live well, live blessed, be healed of your plague. She took a risk of faith. The voice, daughter, you are well because you dare to believe. Oh, man, that is so powerful. Go in peace and stay well. The New Living Translation, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. In 2 Peter 1, 4 through 8, it says he's bestowed upon us his precious and magnificent promises. And by those promises, we actually become partakers of the divine nature. How good is that? That means I look like him. I sound like him. I talk like him. I hear like him. I smell like him. His promises make me partakers of his divine nature. I love it. In Psalm 85, 8 through 10 in the message, I can't wait to hear what God will say. God is about to pronounce his people well. God is about to pronounce you well. The holy people he loves so much, they'll never again live like fools. See how close his salvation is to those who fear him. Our country is home base for glory. Love and truth meet in the street. Right living and whole living embrace and kiss. Truth sprouts green from the ground. Right living pours down from the skies. Oh, yes, God gives goodness and beauty. Our land responds with bounty and blessing. Right living strides out before him and clears a path for his passage. Isaiah 40. 
one and two in the new living. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone. Aren't you tired of being sad? I will not be sad. I refuse to be sad. I was sad on Saturday. I didn't like it. I'm sure if I had just stopped and said, Holy Spirit, what's going on in me? He would have said, I have you in intercession. You're standing in the gap for someone. But no, I just wanted to feel sorry for myself. And I spent the whole day feeling sorry for myself. And you know how much good it did me? None. God says, for many of us, our sad days are gone. Does that mean forever? No. But we're going to come into a season of great rejoicing. Isaiah 30, 19, O people who dwell in Zion, you will weep no more. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you just like he did for Hannah. Nehemiah 8, 10 and 11. I'm going to give you two more scriptures and I'm going to tell you a story. Then Ezra said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to him for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. And be not grieved and depressed, for the joy of the Lord is your strength and your stronghold. Hallelujah. Psalm 84, 5 and 7. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. Passing through the valley of weeping, they make it a place of springs. They go from strength to to strength, increasing in victorious power, and each of them appears before God in Zion. Did you see that? We pass through the valley of weeping. We don't stay there. God never intended us for stay there to stay there. We all have challenges. We all have hard times. We all go through trials. It's not if, it's when. But remember, you're passing through. That's not a place any of us should live. Now, I have this message on my heart. I had the scriptures written down. I know Isaiah 61 and 2. It says, arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Arise to a new light. Be filled with the glory of the Lord. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Darkness has covered the earth and dense darkness all people, but the Lord has shined on you and his glory will be seen on you. And kings will come to your light and to the brightness of your rising. Everywhere I go, I have people come to me. People I don't even know. I have women. Now, you know, I'd expect this maybe from some people, but women stop me. I was in the store the other day, and the, this woman, and I'm, I wasn't. I'm telling you, I was in my idea of grub clothes. And I had on sneakers, and, and this lady stops me, and she said, you are just beautiful. You are so put together. And I really wasn't. But when you let the goodness of God radiate from you, people may not understand why they're attracted to you, but they will be because you are a magnet for the favor of God. Just like Hannah, I would like to rename myself Hannah, favored, because every time someone says your name, they're calling you favored. My name means helper of mankind and guardian of truth. And that's exactly what I am. Find out what your name means. If you don't like it, change it. <laughs> so as I was meditating on this, Lana Vosser came out with this word on May 6th. I heard the Lord say, those are my daughters who have been on in travail and anguish like Hannah. I have remembered 
I have not forgotten you. You're about to receive your promise. Hallelujah. You're about to receive your promise. So stop crying and get up off the ground and rejoice. So I'm going to close with this magnificent story. I just read it last night. I mean, it was 1030 at night. I was coming out of my chair. This is a, a true story. And this couple was expect, had been married seven years, and they were expecting their first child. They were so excited. And every time they would go for an ultrasound, the doctor would say, this baby's a swimmer like Michael Phelps. And the baby would just, you know, it's so excited. I still get all choked up when I see an ultrasound. Baby swimming all over the place. Went for her regular appointment, and the doctor, the baby wasn't swimming, and the doctor said, I'm so sorry, but your baby is dying. And these were very, faith arose in them. And this is not to diminish any of you. If, if you've had a child in heaven, this is going to encourage you when you hear the story. But faith came upon them, and they just knew. And they said, doctor, we respect you, but our baby will live. Amen. We are having a baby. They got in the car, and she said, wait a minute. She gets out of the car, she goes back, and she makes an appointment for next month. Now, what was that? That was, her face was no longer sad. That was an... Elkanah knew his wife. And then she went home and she said, let's do a nursery. And they did a nursery. And she stayed on the word, stayed on the word, stayed on the word. She had promises from God. And now she was, you know, she very clearly shares the devil screaming at her, you idiot. Your baby's dead. You know your baby's dead. And she knew her baby was dead. She knew the baby was dead. But she also knew the one who could give life to the dead, who could make dry bones live. Stayed on the word, went to the next appointment, and the doctor said, what are you doing here? They said, we're having a baby. So the doctor puts the Doppler, whatever it's called, on her abdomen and no, no heartbeat. And she said, oh, her heart, the devil is screaming, you are a fool, you look like a fool, you're a fool. And the doctor said, let me, let me get the ultrasound. So he went and got the ultrasound, put it on her, no baby. And all of a sudden, comes swimming across her uterus is this baby. Now, I got you to this point. Gabriel Alexander II was born July 19, 2000, weighing 10 pounds, 4 ounces. I mean, I'm thinking they must have had to remove her leg to get that baby out. His father asked the doctor a question. Is there any way to test and see if this is the same baby? For instance, could there have been twins and one died? The doctor said, yes, of course, I'll send the placenta in for testing. Six weeks later, the test came back. There were no twins, the doctor explained, no dual birth. This is the same baby who died. I'm going to change your records because you are holding a miracle. In 2004, Evelyn gave birth to a daughter, Adonai, and prior to that, she also gave birth to a son. This is what I want you to hear. When Gabriel was five years old, Evelyn was talking to the children about heaven. And Gabriel said, I've been to heaven. She said, you have? Yeah, don't you remember? A holy reverence fell over the room. First, mommy, there was a shadow that came over me, he said. Then I was in heaven playing with children in the mountains. Now I'm saying this to you for people that have lost a baby. Even in uteri. Sometimes Jesus came to give us hugs. 
Sometimes he wore sandals and sometimes he didn't. He said, Gabriel, you're getting ready to go. Mom, don't you remember that song? No, son, I don't remember the song. Young Gabriel stood up and waved his arms in the air. And then he sang the song Jesus had sung to him. Gabriel, Gabriel, your mommy's coming back for you. Gabriel, Gabriel, your mommy's coming back for you. The next thing I knew, I was here with you, Gabriel explained. <laughs> Tears streamed down that mommy's face. That's so awesome, she said, giving Gabriel a hug. And then the Lord spoke to her. I allowed him to remember that, but he'll never remember it again. I wanted you to know that you have authority in all realms. We believe that the shadow that Gabriel mentioned was the shadow of the valley of death, his dad explains. He experienced the shadow of death, and then he found himself in heaven. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. I'm going to close with Isaiah 35:10. The Lord will make his people free, and they will come back to him. They will come into Zion rejoicing. They will be happy forever. Their happiness will be like a crown on their heads. Gladness and joy will fill them completely. Sorrow and sadness will be far, far away. They will clasp gladness and joy in their hearts while sadness and despair evaporate into thin air. Amen. Can I get the prayer team to come up here? If you're going through a sad time right now, the Lord is declaring to you, you can have your sad days over, but you have to make a choice. You have to go your way and your face no longer be sad. You have to choose on purpose that God cannot lie. His promises are true. And with your mouth, vocally declare what God has said to you. Take the scriptures I've given you today. Speak them over your life. And whatever you do, laugh, laugh, laugh laugh. Get in your car, take off your mask, and laugh. For heaven's sake, laugh. Father, in the name of Jesus, you've given us a promise. You're bringing us into the season where sorrow and sign flee away, and you've told us what to do. Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, give portions to others who are suffering, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. I speak joy over everyone in this place, the joy of the Lord, unspeakable, full of glory, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, amen. God bless you. Hope to see you at Summer Bible Study. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting ChosenEssay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.